Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Event Industry News podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you tune into today's podcast from. We are recording this on Monday, the 1st of August, for context for anybody who is tuning into this a little bit further on down the line. And this is our third attempt at today's podcast, everybody. We've had two false starts today due to recording error and then my dogs deciding to go absolutely loopy just as we were attempting take two. So this is take three of today's uh, podcast, everybody. That's how it happens sometimes. But I've no doubt it's going to be great because we're welcoming a face that if you were uh, part of the Event Tech Live Summit just a couple of months ago, you will be familiar with. Jenny Morgan is from Pact3 and joins us today from the northwest of the USA. Jenny, welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. Hi, James. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem at all. And thanks for your patience today so far with those couple of full starts, as I mentioned there in the introduction. Um, but on, on with today's subject, um, when we when we uh, spoke to you and when you were part of, of one of the panels at the Event Tech Live Summit, it was a sustainability conversation that we were having there. And that's very much what we're going to pick up on today's episode of the podcast. But on a very, very positive note, we're going to be looking at the do's and the do's of sustainable events rather than the don'ts and what people should be avoiding. There is a lot of negativity, isn't there, sometimes in the events industry when people give out advice and opinions and telling people what they shouldn't be doing. It really is important sometimes that we do take a, a positive approach and tell people what they should be doing. I completely agree. I think it's a bit overwhelming how many don'ts are out there without many solutions or opportunities to learn from one another or grow or make mistakes. And so having a focus on the do's and the tries and what you should be doing to just attempt to move move forward in a more positive way is what we should all be doing and supporting each other in that learning opportunity. Absolutely. Before we get into the sort of the, I suppose, the nitty gritty of today's subject, let's give people a little bit of context about Pact3, um, the consultancy and the organization that you launched. Tell us a little bit about what Pact3 does and how it helps and works with organizations. Sure. Um, well, so in the summer of 2020, we had two little kids under the age of four, and I'm in the Northwest area of the U.S., so we were dealing with wildfires in the beginning of the pandemic. And so we were unable to meet with friends or family members. And now we were unable to even exit our home because of the amount of air pollution due to the wildfires around our area. And it really made me decide that today is the day I'm going to be an active participant in climate solutions. Mm -hmm. And so I began PAC3. PAC3 is a consulting agency that helps organizations, teams, event planners be more socially and environmentally conscious within their business practices. So whether it's a organization that's making products, how they can be more equitable and environmentally mindful, or if, an, if it's a virtual event series that's happening, how they can be a bit more engaging, accessible, and environmentally friendly. Mm -hmm. So we help organizations Take, remove all the question marks from um, what they might be experiencing if they want to just be more focused on doing good. And so my agency helps partner with whomever they are on how to be a more purposeful company. And 
Do you think that that gives you um, a, a vantage point in the respect that you're not working exclusively in the events industry as a consultancy? You're working on the subject of, of sustainability, climate change, environmental impact, um, but you are working not just in the event space. Does that help you maybe bring experiences and positive outcomes from clients that you've worked with that are non-event related into event related clients? Definitely. I, I had one client earlier this year that was really focused on how they're going to engage their workforce. They were just about to onboard an entire new team. And so they looked at their HR practices and we found ways for them to be more equitable and open, collaborative. And those skill sets then helped them be more a social, socially conscious company. I just worked with a company that's about to pursue their B Corp certification. Mm -hmm. And they were really focused on customer satisfaction. So how they can put together a net promoter score to be more uh, engaged with their customers and obtain feedback and continue to improve based on what their customers are saying. And so mm -hmm. giving me this lens of focusing on workers, customers, uh, environmental impact, all of these things help me understand the complexities of what it takes to lead a business or execute a successful event. And that definitely gives me a bit of a leg up and in, in a way that I can engage with their with my customers just because everyone's different. Everyone's might be really good at engaging mm. their community, but need a little bit of help in how they're engaging their vendors or their supply chain. Sure. Yeah. And, and a few sort of key I suppose phrases and words that, that 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 cropped out there for me were things like climate change, environment, but also you mentioned HR practices with a business. And I think a lot of event organisers may have been not misled, but maybe have misinterpreted the idea of sustainability directly with things like recycling paper waste or not generating as much paper waste or stopping the use of single-use plastic at their events and things like that, where the, the, the subject of sustainability and, and looking at how you become a sustainable business, maybe the first do that I throw in there is do be aware and mindful of the, the fact that sustainability is not just about recycling, it's just it, it's about every element of your business practice, how you can make it sustainable for the future. Exactly. It, it's a it's a synonym of efficiency. Uh, it's a way that organizations can have basically the way that they lead their business is circular. So you have an event, you learn from it, you create tools for yourself that you can then leverage next time. You're creating a a, a circular playbook for yourself on how you execute mm -hmm. an event, close out of an event, and then begin an event. And so. That can, of course, apply to environmental practices, but it also is how you project manage, how you um, deal with your vendor management, your your um, different contractors that you work with. All of these things apply to sustainability. It's it's giving yourself these efficient tools to to grow and scale. Mm. I used an example previously that. If you were a small business and you had five clients a year, you could send out a customized gift basket for every single new client. And that could be something that you could do. Mm. But what if you have five million clients? How are you going to sustain these customized these customized gift baskets? That's not going to help you scale. So what what are some things that can give you an innovative advantage compared to your competitors, but that's something that can be sustainable as you grow and scale. 
I hope I hope you don't mind me sort of going down this route a little bit, but it's on the subject of people. Um, and again, a, a do that I would like to throw in there and see what you think about is 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 do think long term about your staff. Do give them an environment in which to work in that makes them want to stay with your business for a long period of time because that in itself is a sustainable practice, is a sustainable business. I think that there is a, a cost involved in bringing new members into any given team. You know, the recruitment process, the training process for that new member of staff, the cost that it may then have on an existing member of staff who has to take time out to train that new person. So if you can if you do look after your staff and you do promote an environment in which they want to stay long term within your business, that is a hugely sort of sustainable business practice, isn't it? That is totally different to the whole um, subject, as I said, of recycling and some of these really obvious green initiatives that people sometimes get, get clouded in. And having this pool of people that whether they're vendors or whether they're full-time staff members, having these individuals on your team and being part of your business can allow more room for innovation. If they already know the basics on, on what you're looking to achieve, now they can be using their brain power and time to see what we could do this year versus last year. And so I am in complete agreement. Also mm. putting yourself in everyone's shoes. I think that there's a lot of pressure on being the one company or the one uh, association that has the best of the best, the best benefits, um, you know, the, the, the ones that are pushing the boundaries, take a breath and, and just think of everyone as a human because that's who they are. And what would those humans benefit from in a working environment? And think about it that way. You don't need to be providing these big Friday parties every week or anything like that. Think about it from a human standpoint. What would a human benefit from in a working environment? Is that flexibility? Is that remote uh, work work flexibility? Is there non-traditional benefits that you can incorporate? So uh, learning engagements and career development, there's a lot of things that you can put into place that's not necessarily overwhelming or stressful to the business. Hmm. The other sort of my own do that I wanted to throw in there and get your opinion on was was for certainly in the events industry, do embrace the knowledge, the understanding and the awareness of the younger generation of younger people, because my opinion is that is that younger people and the younger generation have a, a slightly better grasp on sustainability, on climate change, on the environment than perhaps older people. You know that they, they've grown up with it, maybe, the, and they've been quicker to adopt with it. So, I would say to to people who are involved in the events industry, do speak to your younger members of the team, find out what they know and what they understand, and there may be knowledge and an understanding there that um, you're not aware that they have and that you could utilize within your business. Yes, uh, do be do have an open mind and do have do do transparency things that um you know you can say that you aren't perfect and that you're on the pursuit of progress and have that open mind keep those channels of communication open that being one step is a huge step forward so if you have this culture where you say, hi, I'm this event industry, or I'm this event association or this event group. 
and I'm not perfect, but I'm looking to be better, that creates open channels of communication that also shows that you are being transparent. This this pursuit for perfection is um, it's not giving everyone a chance to try and mm. it's not fun. If we were all perfect, then what would we be doing today? We already did it. So yeah. there's really no point to even try. So I think that you know, having that open mind and being really transparent that you aren't perfect and you're not trying to be so is really important because that gives people a breath that they can take a second to feel relief and know that they're, they can be trying really hard to do better today. And that is a good thing. Mm. Well, well, what about measurables? I'm guessing that that's, that's got to be something that you will talk to clients about um through pact three is do have ways of measuring your sustainability whether that be the amount of waste that you're reducing in your event whether that be the amount of people who are using public transport or carpooling to get there um and have um realistic targets um I i'm hoping that that's something that uh, you're going to say yes that's absolutely uh, what you do with your clients Definitely. And if you don't know what that means, if you're right now saying, okay, I need to measure my emissions, I need to see how I'm doing. Start, start with just certifications, take a peek at some of the, the customer, the vendors that you're utilizing, and mm -hmm. see what certifications they have. If they don't have any listed, then go see if there are some venues or um, food and beverage providers or video conference providers that have certifications listed and do some light Googling for about 30 minutes or so to just see what those certifications mean. That's going to give you a little bit of a educational opportunity and a teaching to see what is that certification? Oh, they're being measured on energy efficiency. Oh, maybe that's something I should be looking at do look at those certifications and see mm -hmm. what those mean. That's going to help you then understand, oh, we're measuring environmental design in this way. Uh, we're measuring cloud storage in this way. These are all really big topics. You don't need to know everything about them. But if you start down with certifications, that's just going to be a really great way to see see you know who you should be partnering with do find people and organizations that can help you with that you shouldn't be on this this alone that's what i love about the event industry is that everyone is very collaborative there's there's lots of forums where people are sharing open source playbooks tips and tricks checklists yeah. all of those things leverage those and take a look it doesn't have to be the perfect checklist um you know just starting with one is going to be something that's really important and then once you have that foundation start to measure it there's event calculators out there that can help you understand what your emissions are and areas where you can improve and so you can see kind of where are you spiking the highest is it your transportation or is it your supply chain see what's happening there see where it's you know really marking as high and then find practices to then lower that mm. and we're going to be mentioning some of those links um towards the end of this podcast so um you know if you're listening to this on audio at the moment we will give a shout out to maybe hop over to uh, the the video version of the podcast on eventindustrynews.com because we're going to be putting some links up on screen of, of course we're going to be reading those out but um yeah we'll go through some of those a little bit um a little bit later on jenny um I was talking about sort of measurability. Is it, is it important as well 
that event organizers remain positive and venues as well. We should we shouldn't just talk about organizers because event venues are really key in the whole sustainability conversation. Um, is it important that they remain positive that it won't happen overnight? You know, do remain positive and 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 do be happy with short small gains, uh, short term small gains rather than short big gains. I. This is going to be the part where I straddle the line um, because, yes, I do agree with you that we should be moving one step forward is one step forward. And that is a good thing and that should be celebrated. But I would also encourage you to challenge yourself. Do challenge yourself. Test mm -hmm. your boundaries and, and rethink is this something that adds value to the event experience? Is this a partner that sees that is aligned with our values and is aligned with what we're hoping to pursue through this event. Um, you know, continuing to rethink and challenge yourself is going to be an opportunity for growth. So yes, we should celebrate the wins, um, but make sure that you're, you're really pushing those boundaries because I, I want to encourage everyone to really test that because we're all capable of really being innovative. Again, it's not that pursuit of perfection, mm -hmm. but it is something that we should celebrate that if you really are trying to innovate and, and challenge yourself to go further, that they, that is something that we should all be doing. Where would you stand if I was to say, uh, do be prepared to sort of upset the apple cart as an organizer? Is that something that you would say? Yes, do that. What do you mean by the apple cart? Well, well, I mean, organizers are fearful sometimes of upsetting their audiences, the people who maybe have coming to their events for many years, and and they think, oh no, we don't want to do that because it's it's just too different to what we've done before. It could affect numbers. It could affect this, that, and the other. You know, does there come a point where actually there is a, a if they really want to make a difference and they want to be doing the right thing because they think it's right for their business that they should take that gamble and and, and risk maybe upsetting a few people if they ultimately think it's going to uh, fit their their own goals longer term yes and but there's a way to do it i think do bring your audience on your team your audience right. is a stakeholder. And so they are, they're part of it and they should be involved in that. So let's say you eliminated swag. You're going to be an event. You're an event that's known for really awesome swag. Um, there's one running race that I do every year. Great swag. It's literally what I use as a, how I describe the race. I don't talk about the root of the race. I don't talk about the theme. I talk about the swag. They have really cool running jackets and things. You may have an event that has a similar repu reputation. So let's say you're trying to reduce the amount of physical um, you know, takeaways that, that you're, you're known for. That's your brand. What are some different things that you could do that would still give people that spike of dopamine and adrenaline <laughs> that they get when they get that cool bag with all the cool stuff in it? Um, the best tumbler mugs and all of these things. People might collect your mugs every year to show that they've been going to your event for five years. So that, yes, it is going to be different and different is okay. But what are some things that you could do? What are um, some experiences that you could provide as a takeaway? 
is a takeaway with um, sitting down with an executive from a high level organization that's part of your event, a takeaway, a meet and greet, a VIP meet and greet? Is it a raffle, a chance to win something new, or they get some learning materials to take back to their team mm -hmm. to then teach? Um, you know, maybe it's a way to open up more doors so that you're, you're giving them knowledge rather than just something physical to take home. That might take a moment for you to educate your audience on, hey, we're making a couple changes here, but here's why it's really cool. And, and try to try to get them involved, you know, ask them what would be, hey, this year we're not yeah. going to try to do swag. What do you want? What would you like instead of a tumbler? You've literally just sort of taken away my, my next sort of question or thought, which which goes back to the the, the question I posed about younger people, you know, and, and tapping, you know, tap into your audience's uh, opinions. You know, they may know stuff that you don't know as an organizer. So 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 do ask them. You know, we we want to run a, a more sustainable event over the next five years. We'd love to hear, you know, your ideas and thoughts about how we could do that. Your audience may not be event people. That doesn't mean that they don't have a, a really valid opinion and, and, and understanding of what you could be doing to improve your own practices. Yeah, exactly. Ask them maybe even what's been the most challenging thing about attending the event and try to remove some of those barriers as well. That is more impactful than a takeaway, I would say, if they have trouble finding lodging or transportation or the mm -hmm. time. Have virtual aspects integrated into your event so that they can not have to have childcare for the entire time or uh, be able to access materials and sessions later. Those listening, keeping those open, open channels of communication is going to give you a huge competitive advantage for your events. Mm -hmm. have, have you as a business been able to build up, a, 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 I hesitate to use the word Bible, but you know, almost like a, if you work with a new event client for the first time, is there a, an instant page one list of do's that you would go straight to, to say to them, right, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you doing, you know, X, Y, Z? I would definitely make sure that anyone you partner with is aligned with the values that you have. So if you're focusing on a diverse workforce and equitable workforce, if you are looking to engage a global audience, if you are pursuing sustainable measures, make sure that you're aligned because that's going to help just gain a greater understanding of one another. If there are places that you aren't aligned, find out what that is and the whys behind that. So we, you can find out one, is this a good client and a good fit? And then also how can you all both be, go along this journey together? And so making sure that you are on the same page. Um, if there's, you know, a, uh, a uh, pursuit of something that way you can know that you both are, are looking to gain that same outcome. Um, so definitely making sure that your team and everyone involved are, are all hoping to get the same outcomes. Mm -hmm. And then I would start from the very beginning, apply those values from the very start. Um, and if you are listening to this podcast and you are at the end of an event, that is okay too. Starting today is fine too. That gives you again more information to mm -hmm. to learn from later. Um, but starting day one is going to give everybody a, a a better chance of really providing an experience that's memorable and an ex and you know something that can then set you up for even more success.
Mm. I, I, I'm really conscious that at the start of today's episode, I said it, it's going to be positive. It's going to be about the things to do and, and avoid saying, don't do this. I, I, I want to approach the subject and ask your opinion on, on organizations who haven't necessarily bought into the subject of sustainability, but know that they should be doing something because they think that's what the audience needs them to be doing, if that makes sense. So they companies who want to be seen to be doing the right thing rather than actually deep down wanting to do it. Is it obvious to you when you work or if you've seen organizations in your experience who just want to do it because they think they should be doing it rather than actually having that embedded ethos in their business? You can kind of see that with a code of conduct. As a as an example, a lot of organizations will put a code of conduct up on their page, but there aren't any processes behind it to support a code of conduct. And so that's similar. You can kind of tell um, if there mm. is an organization that just wants to put a sustainability statement on their site or something like that. Um, or for every attendee will plant one tree. All of these things are kind of easy plug and play type of um, type of things that you can put into your event. And again, that is a pursuit towards the right direction. And that's that's something that should be celebrated. But again, challenge yourself. There's also so many different benefits that come with quote unquote sustainability. We mm -hmm. talked about the cost savings, the efficiencies, uh, the diversity of your audience and your workforce will expand. You're going to be more inclusive and all of those things benefit your event mm -hmm. beyond just simply being a greener event. You're going to be a more cost effect effective event. You're going to be a more efficient event. You're going to be an event that that's known for testing boundaries and really coming ab above others of the industry because you provide different experiences, different takeaways, you're listening to your audience. It, these are all giving you a leg up that goes well beyond simply just the environmental aspect. Mm. So it is okay to want all of those things. It's just something that needs to be recognized that they all live within one space. We talked about sustainability, mm. not simply just being greener. It, mm. it covers so many different aspects. And so being knowledgeable of that and being transparent of that is okay. And test that. Keep going and, and trying to test that further. That should be the that should be the motive. And I've just scribbled down here on my on my uh, pad, do shout about it. Because I, I get, just going back to what you said there about the planting trees, that's an easy sort of plug and play. Oh, for every, you know, kilo, kilo or ton of waste, you know, we're going to plant a tree or whatever. But, you know, if, if you've got these commitments in place that you've told your audience and your delegates and your people in advance that you're going to do, do shout about it afterwards. You know, if you are planting trees... Uh, Put a photo on your Instagram about it. You know, send it out to your LinkedIn followers. Show them that the things that you said you were going to do pre-event that you delivered on and what the actual outcome was. Pictures of the amount of recycled material that was going off to be to be recycled. You know, I, I would say that would be a big do is to shout about it. Yeah, and do shout about some of the things that you didn't do this year because it mm. was too challenging and you hadn't didn't find a solution yet. Mm do shout about that. I was hoping to, um, you know, remove all signage from my event. And we ran into this hiccup later and had to print out 
a few of these, you know, directionals because of something that happened. Be transparent about that. I think that that's really important too. That gives that sense of relief for others that's saying, oh, okay, they went into this with a mobile application. They removed all physical signage. They had everything perfect. And then something happened that required some signage to have to be printed. Um, And, you know, talk about that. Talk about what you're going to do next time. That shows that you are, that's an event that I want to go to because they're showing that they're trying and they're really doing a good job on self-reflecting and rethinking and and looking at ways that they can do better next time. So I, mm. I would say talk about your successes and talk about some of the things that you're hoping to do better next time. Yeah. The, the restaurant analogy is one that always springs to mind with me there. Cause uh, it, it's something that I saw again, just recently is a, is a bold uh, restaurant posting on their social media about when they got it wrong and apologizing and explaining what had happened, you know, giving some sort of real context and explanation as to what happened on a particular night where they'd had loads of bad reviews. And, you know, I, I think if you go about addressing stuff that you've not been able to deliver well, and you do it in a positive way and an open way, and you offer explanation to people that, that you know, positive lines of communication when it comes to negative uh content can be really good for a business i think i i completely agree that can come with a diverse speaker lineup i mean there's a lot of different things that you can say i'm not really happy with my measures this year i measured how many you know things that i did or um how many individuals that i that i engage with this year and i i would like to do better next year and this is what i'm going to do next time what do you think audience what what are some things that we could have done better to achieve this goal again it's that open channel of communication that i think is really important Mm. something i I know uh, very early on in this episode i mentioned things about you know the, the the obvious things that people think they have to do in order to be sustainable and most of them relate to things like recycling paper waste plus single-use plastic um you know asking people to bring their own you know water bottles or or, or containers you know and, and then having water you know options within a, a venue you know simple things like that and, and whilst the subject of sustainability is much broader than that we shouldn't take our eyes off the fact that they are some really simple you know, easy wins that the events can um, score points with very, very, very quickly. Um, and something that occurred to me recently was when, when I went to a music festival for, for several years now, music festivals have been great at the bars of, of um, charging you a price at the beginning on top of your drink. And here is one such vessel that I'm holding up on screen now where you can either keep that and take that home with you or now that the practice is to charge a premium, but then you've got to return that and you get that sort of deposit back. I'm yet to really see it in, in some of the sort of the trade show venues in places like coffee shops and, you know, the the sort of the coffee vendors and the, the, the refreshment vendors that you get in, in trade shows and conferences. I'd be, I I think that internally, the events industry can learn from different strands of the events industry. We, we forget sometimes that there are so many different vertical markets within what we call the events industry that we can learn from other sectors within our own industry. I, I think that's applicable to merch. I think that's applicable to staffing. Um, you know, all of those things you can learn from other 
other industries to to test your boundaries. Events cover everything from food and beverage and to mm-hmm. staffing to sponsorship to um, to AV. I mean, there's so many different things that you're you're working on, and so leveraging that, you could look at a, a movie studio and learn a ton about how you can be a more sustainable and efficient event organizer based on some of the things that some of those big movie production studios are doing to be more green. Mm. Um, So I love looking at production industries, I think is really interesting to look at as an event organizer because they're so similar um, that load in load out that, that type of, of mindset. I think Mm -hmm. that's a really good industry to look at. And then you mentioned food and beverage. That's another really good industry to look at because there are those, efficiencies that can be put into place that make you more sustainable and save money yeah and, in, and interestingly as, a, as an aside d- d- just this morning on the news that one of the major uk supermarkets announced that it was going to remove sell-by dates um because of the amount of food waste that that generates you know people look at a sell-by date on a on a, a, a carton of milk or something and they oh right it's past its date i'll throw it away when actually it, it could be perfectly used, perfectly drinkable, you know, cheese, you know, a lot of dairy products where we have these sell by dates on them that, that people just throw away perfectly good food. And I think they said it was something like 450 million tons worth of, of food waste generated in the UK every year. A lot of it caused by having sell by dates and people looking at them and then just tossing away perfectly good food. And um, it's interesting that just today, a, a major UK supermarket, I think it was Waitrose announced that they were going to um, going to get rid of, of sell by dates on certain products to try and stop people throwing away perfectly good food. So um, it, interesting to see if again, in, in consumer marketplaces, whether or not some of those practices feed in, feed into the events industry. That's, that's, one aspect that is definitely a do start today because if you have leftover food and beverages if you are being more reactionary and in the middle of an event you realize that you have a lot of leftover food and you need to get rid of it it's pretty challenging to do on a whim it requires planning for to be able to there's tons of organizations that will help take uh, food waste post event that have mm. has not been touched yet that can definitely be donated but it does take some due diligence beforehand to be able to do that mm. so let's say that you haven't done that planning and you're the in day two of your event and you've got a thousand lunch boxes that have not been picked up and it is almost dinner time, that's not going to be used again. What are some things you could do? Could you give that to staff? And could you try to find ways to provide that to your venue? Um, You know, look around like that and see if there's anything that you can do. And then start today at looking at some partners that you could partner with next time Mm. that you can be a bit more proactive in that pursuit just because day of food donations are pretty challenging to do unless you're going to go out into a city that has a Mm -hmm. pretty um, extreme homeless, uh, uh, you know, unhoused group of people that you can bring that food to. Otherwise you're, you're going to run into some trouble. So Mm. that would be something that I would say is a, is a transparent claim that says we were able to get rid of 50% of our food waste, but we did not meet the expectations that we hoped for. Um, Next year, we're going to partner with this organization and we're starting those talks today. And that mm. could be something that you could then to do to do better. Food waste is tough if you haven't planned for it. 
It, it is. And you've given me the perfect sort of um, segue there into mentioning a podcast that we did just a few weeks ago. So but by the time this one goes out and people are listening to this now, you should be able to reference back a podcast that we did with Dawn Lauder from the um, Scottish event campus in Glasgow. And she joined the podcast a few episodes back to talk about some of the things that they had learned from hosting the COP26 um, climate change event um, at the SEC in Glasgow. Um, and some really fascinating insights and things that they did there, one of which ties into what you were just saying. I, I know that um, a lot of the, the, the timber and the, and the wood that gets used to build, you know, exhibition displays and things like that, which often just gets ripped down and discarded afterwards. They actually found a local company that made um, furniture out of waste wood, out of pallet wood and, and leftover timber. And they partnered with them and, and they donated any sort of, you know, waste timber from the show to that company who then made furniture out of it. And part of the agreement was that, that furniture then be donated, I think, into social housing um, in the city. Um, and they did a similar thing with their carpet, where the carpet, they, 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 increased the grade of their carpet in the venue that they were using so that then it, it could be taken out and they actually recarpeted hundreds of social housing um, properties um, in the city to improve those standards of living. So, the, and when I asked um, Dawn about, you know, whether or not that's applicable to all events and were they in a luxurious position, she actually said, you know, if you can go on social media platforms, you can go on Facebook and find businesses locally to you that take recycled materials that do that sort of thing charitable charitable organizations that help to to feed the homeless in the evenings you know um we've all got those those types of services available to us it might just take a little bit of digging but not much given the platforms that we've got available to you and and processes like donating your your food waste and 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 physical waste from an event that could be you know going to good use somewhere are, are actually not that far away if people take the time to do that little bit of digging yeah the the digging does take time but it has huge payoff so i'm i'm in agreement that if you take if you take a whole day and a whole day in an event organizer's life is a lot, is a lot of time. But if mm. you take a whole day and research what vendors and what partners you're going to partner with based on what they're claiming to do and trying to find out ways that they're measuring those claims, making sure that those seem to be correct and that they're truth, um, then, you know, you've spent a day on how you're going to be more sustainable, equitable, mm -hmm. you're going to save costs, and you're going to be adding that circular business model to your event organization. So um, that digging does take time, but there's a lot of resources out there that can help you know what's real, what's not and who to ask. Well, on the subject of resources, as, as we're getting towards the end of, of, of today's episode, Jenny, I know that there, there are a number of links, there are things available to people out there. And w w I think w w if it's OK with you, we, we should maybe give out some of those links and maybe guide sure. people to, to some places. So, I mean, first of all, let's start with your own website. And if people want to find out a little bit more about yourselves, Pact3 is, is your website, isn't it? So they can go and find out about what you guys do. Um, yeah. Yeah, packed3.com. Um, you can find resources there. I have blog posts there. You can also see some of the case studies. So that's a great place to go. It's um, also referring to impact and then triple bottom line. So being that purposeful and profitable business. So um, yeah, packed free is a great place to start. And I'm always open to answer any questions. And um, if, you, if you're watching it today, you will have already seen the link gone up on the screen. If you're listening to the to, to the podcast, um, just on one of our audio only feeds, um, P-A-C-T, Pact3, P-A-C-T, 
T-H-R-E-E.com. Pact3.com is the spelling of it so that you land um, in the right place. Um, now, Tradewater.us is another one that I know you said you wanted to, to reference today. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we talked about being able to measure your event impact and footprint. So Tradewater has an event calculator on their site. It's one word, Tradewater. And it's a global company. Um, so you can access that and look at your event calendar or calculator. It's free. So you can enter in your emissions, the amount of attendees you plan to have, how many are traveling in using public transportation. It's pretty quick. It takes about 15 minutes. And you can see the estimated emissions that are going to be coming from your event. Mm -hmm. By utilizing that calculator, you have that understanding of, of you know, what's, what's adding a lot of emissions and a, a larger footprint to your event. And then you can offset your emissions by partnering with Tradewater. One thing that I love about Tradewater is that their credits are, are high quality because they are they're, they're proven and they're permanent. So what they do is they go and remove non-CO2 gases that are very potent and harmful to the environment. Mm -hmm. And everything's managed by Tradewater. So when I was managing a virtual event uh, series, we offset all of our emissions through our partnership with Tradewater. And I really enjoyed that just because they're not only an environmental solution organization, but also a project management a, a group, mm -hmm. they do all of the removal, collection, and destroying of those gases themselves. So using that event calculator and then offsetting your impact through them is a, a great resource. And then also then you can focus more on reduction after you've you've now become a carbon neutral event. Excellent. And once again, for, for those watching, you will have already seen the link on the screen if you're watching the video of today's podcast. Um, if not, tradewater.us, exactly as it sounds, tradewater.us is that website. And finally, a, a, a GitHub link that we've got here, um, Jenny, which will take people, I think, to a, a number of resources. This is a landing page for a number of resources. I'll give the link out first of all, if I may, because I'll spell this one out for people who are listening on the audio. It's GitHub, G-I-T-H-U-B github.com forward slash Jenny M events, Jenny M for Morgan events. Um, and tell us where, you know, what people will find when they, when they get to that link. So we talked about resources and leveraging resources is going to be really helpful. There's tons of checklists and playbooks out there that are open. What I like about GitHub is that it's an open source platform. So if you have feedback or something that you learned that you want to add to these playbooks, you simply can add that in and then it can be committed and then made live. So this is a collaborative tool. I've developed some checklists, playbooks, um, tips and tricks. There's some code of conduct um, jargon that you can just basically take and, and add to your events as well as processes. And so leveraging those tools are is, is a great way to get started. But then you can also translate it into local language. Uh, you can add your own tips and tricks. And so it goes above and beyond just simply an open, free resource. It's something that is a good head start. But hey, again, keeping those channels of communication open, which I like a lot about GitHub. 
Mm, absolutely and this all ties into the to to what we've spoken about today which is do be collaborative do share information do look at what other people are doing you know this is this is something uh, as a subject uh sustainability is only going to be tackled through a collaborative approach you know it's not about scoring points it's not about hosting a bigger or a better event than your nearest competitor you know everyone has the challenge of sustainability uh with them for the next few years and so ultimately a collaborative approach is the only way that um people are actually going to make sort of a, a meaningful change um if i may add that at, at the end of uh, at the end of today's episode um jenny thanks very much for joining us apologies again for a couple of false starts at the beginning but it's been great to see you again and, and thanks very much for particularly that information at the end and, and offering some people some some really clear direction as to where they can go as a follow-on um to this podcast and um i've no doubt at all that uh, if it's okay with you we'll, we'll get you back on in future this is a subject that will continue to roll and um it'd be great to get some more do's and some more um opinions as some more advice as to where people can go to uh, to continue to tackle this subject. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, James. If you are watching this, as we've said a couple of times already when we went through those links, if you're watching this already on eventindustrynews.com, thanks very much. Don't forget that if you go to any uh, of the audio podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcast from, search for the Event Industry News podcast and you can tap into any of the 300 or so previous episodes of the podcast that we've done um, just to listen to whilst you are out and about on your mobile device. Of course, if you are listening already on one of those platforms via your mobile device today, thanks very much for listening to this podcast. You can go to eventindustrynews.com as well. Check out the latest news, features, supplements, of course, the legendary event industry news supplier directory. And as we said, if you access the video version of today's podcast, if you missed any of those links that we uh, we gave out earlier on, you'll be able to see them on screen just by going to eventindustrynews.com, which brings us to the end of today's episode. Our thanks once again to Jenny Morgan from Pact3 for joining us on today's episode. It's been an absolute pleasure and we'll see you on the next edition of the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Mm-hmm.